Hello guys and welcome to the Real Estate Investors Corner. Today we're going to be talking about everyone's favorite topic, marketing. So when it comes to marketing your real estate investment company, it's all about getting motivated seller leads so that you can either A, flip the property yourself and earn a profit, or B, wholesale the property and assign the contract to another flipper who will then take purchase of the property and pay you an assignment fee. If you're not familiar with either of these things, don't worry because I'm going to explain them both. First of all, wholesaling real estate is the process of finding a motivated seller, uh, which basically just means someone who's highly motivated to sell their property because it's either in bad condition or they're going through uh, a problem in their life, divorce, foreclosure, uh, they inherited the property, it's in bad condition, there's squatters or tenants inside, basically all these different things, tax liens um, and things like that. <clears throat> so in essence, what a wholesaler is going to do is they're going to locate one of these properties, contact the seller, the owners who have the title, and they're going to make an offer on the property, get a verbal agreement to buy the property for a significant discount. Uh, the standard formula is 70% of the full market value minus the estimated repair costs and of course your wholesaling fee. So if you have a $100,000 property, you're going to take 70% of that, which would be 70000 If it needs 30000 in repairs, now you're going to be down to 40000 minus your wholesale fee of 5000 which will leave you with a $35,000 offer price. So you're going to make an offer on this property for $35,000. If you can get the seller to accept it, then you're going to send them a contract to buy the property. And you have to put somewhere in the contract that it's an assignable contract. It has to be written there specifically um, that this contract is assignable uh, so that the title company will put it through because if you don't put that little clause in there a lot of title companies won't will not put the deal through so make sure you get that in there that's important okay so the next step is once you have that contract signed now you're gonna get someone <clears throat> a cash buyer uh, also known as a, a flipper in your local market and there's different strategies on how to find cash buyers there's apps software you can go on Craigslist you can look at lists to see what cash buyers recently purchased homes or you can just post the house on Facebook marketplace or somewhere like that and find someone who's interested I've done this before too it works good uh, you can even uh, post it for sale by owner on Zillow although that's a little bit risky because if the uh, if the owner sees it, they're going to be like, hey, what the heck? Why'd you post my house for sale on Zillow? And sometimes they can even see that you put it on Facebook, too. So you have to be careful when you mention the property address. If you're trying to be a little bit slick and sell the house through these channels, you can't really post the address. It's kind of, a hard, kind of hard to avoid when you do it on Zillow. So you pretty much have to get permission from the owner um, to do this. I like to say... Uh, that this is my uh, proprietary listing service where I can get you more cash for your home if you allow me to list it. Uh, but that's a whole different story. So anyway, 
the basic process of wholesaling is pretty simple. You make an offer on the property, you put it under contract, you get the contract signed, you find a buyer, and then you get them interested, show them the property, which is a bit of a delicate process. You have to get access to the property. Sometimes there's tenants inside, squatters, you know, there's people living in the property usually when someone's going to sell it to an investor. So you need to navigate this. It's one of the most difficult parts about wholesaling that not a lot of people t tell you about. Uh, you have to navigate this whole process, negotiate it with the seller, get the key, get access, find a time when they're going to be home and not at work. Um, you have to get your buyer in there and so that they can see the property to see if they're going to want to buy it or not. Then once they have seen the property, now they're going to tell you, usually within 24 hours, uh, whether or not they're interested or not. And if they're interested, they say, okay, yeah, I'll take it. I'll give you 40000 for it. Then you say, okay, great. Now you create a second contract with this buyer. It's called an assignment agreement, which basically says... Um, has your company's name on it you know investments LLC or whatever your company is and it has the buyers name or company name on it and it basically just says the assigner which is you is assigning the rights to the property the rights to purchase the property to the assignee who is the buyer so the assignee is the buyer and they're gonna buy the property off of you the rights to purchase the property now you get these two contracts and you send them over to a local title company. Now remember, you're the wholesaler, so it's up to you to find the title company. Sometimes you'll work with a buyer who uh, is particular to a certain title company and you can do that. You can let the buyer choose the title company. It's fine as long as it's a, a reputable one um, so you know that they're on the up and up. So, yeah, then you get the two contracts, email them to the closing agent, and that's pretty much where your main, the main part of the job ends. Um, you do this and then just sit back and wait. Now it's in the title company's hands. Now what they're going to do is run a title commitment report, which basically uh, gives all the basic information about the property, the official description, legal description, block, lot number, county information, all that stuff. If there's back taxes, any liens, judgments, or anything against the property, they're going to find all that stuff out, how much is uh, owed on the property with the mortgage, if they still have a mortgage, and then they're going to send this title commitment report to everyone who's involved in the transaction. You, the buyer, the seller, everybody so they're gonna send this information out and then the buyer or the the homeowner the seller rather is going to work with the closing agent they usually have some uh, questions like hey when am I gonna get my money how am I gonna get my money sometimes people are living out of state like say you're trying to wholesale a property in Colorado and the person's living in Texas but they don't want to fly back to Colorado to close this deal, you can set up what's called a virtual closing and just tell the uh, seller that they have to work directly with the closing agent 
to uh, navigate this process. Basically, it's pretty simple. They just do a, it's called a, a mail out closing, where instead of the seller coming into the office at the title company, they will actually mail the documents to their house where they can then sign them, have them notarized, and then mail them back uh, 48 hours before the closing date so that the, the title company can close the, the deal when the buyer uh, wires the money in. So that's the next step. Once the buyer wires the money into the title company, then they can actually close the deal. So that's the next step. The title company will, uh, and you can show up to the title company on the date of closing, or sometimes you don't have to. It's really optional. If the, if the seller is going to show up to the closing table, then I recommend that you also show up. You don't have to, but it looks good just in case there's any things that pop up. Uh, you can reassure them, hey, listen, you know, I know there's a lien on this or whatever, or the closing costs might have been a little bit more than you originally expected, but, you know, we can still get this done, or I'll take $1,000 off of my fee and pass it on to you just so that we can still close the deal. Because sometimes you'll run into a problem at the closing table that the seller wasn't expecting, and usually this will happen if the seller's there if it's a virtual closing this usually won't happen or you'll find out about it before um, the closing takes place because they'll get all the documents beforehand so this is really only for in-person uh, closings where everyone is present or at least the seller anyway but yeah you can because uh, I've run into situations before where the seller gets to the closing table and they forgot about um, a, a mechanics lien that was on the property for say $5,000 and remember you're a wholesaler so you already negotiated a super low price you just got a hundred thousand dollar house for 35 grand so now when the seller sees that they're only gonna get 30 grand because there was a $5,000 mechanics lien sometimes they can flip because uh, when these people are in these situations they already have that money spent in their mind they're like, okay, I'm going to sell this house. I'm going to get a new apartment. I'm going to fix my car. I'm going to you know, take my dog to the vet, this, that, and the third. They have a whole life plan so that when you tell them or when they find out that they're not going to get as much money, you know, $5,000 is a big hit to somebody who really needs that money. They think and about what they could do with it, and then they have an emotional reaction. And sometimes you could be the brunt of that reaction so it's good to be there at the closing table so that you can navigate these uh, tricky situations and this is one of the most difficult things about wholesaling it's not always easy there's always something that's gonna come up where it's gonna put you in a position that you weren't expecting that you have to navigate you know a lot of times there there can be a lot of different things that happen like people could have a house that's filled with junk and they don't want to leave the property right away or they can't leave the property because they're so broke they don't have any money to move their stuff before the sale of the house so they actually need the money from the sale to even be able to move their stuff out or start moving it out so what you can do is craft a custom agreement called a post-closing occupancy agreement which is a separate contract that you get the um, seller to sign that basically states that you will allow them uh, it's usually two weeks after the closing date uh, 
to uh, vacate the property and remove their belongings. That way you can still get the deal done, you can still uh, get the home sold, get your uh, assignment fee, and you can also help the seller make the deal more appealing for them because now they can sell the house and they don't have to be out that same day, hand over the key, and then all their stuff is still sitting inside. So a two-week post-closing occupancy agreement is ideal. You can do up to 30 days for you know, uh, crazy circumstances where people really need that extra time because they're in super bad shape. But yeah, two weeks is usually ideal. And um, yeah, so that's the, uh, the complete process of wholesaling. Um, so the second thing I was going to talk about was flipping and flipping's pretty simple and straightforward. Wholesaling is actually more complicated than flipping. I mean, flipping is harder and complicated in a different way because now you have to, it's more of a responsibility. Uh, wholesaling is complicated in the way that you have to engineer the transaction and work with all these different people and moving parts. Um, but uh, flipping is something where you just you straight up buy the house uh, with either your own cash or a hard money lender um, and all you have to do is Google you know hard money lenders in my area and you contact them uh, they'll normally require a down payment some of them do a credit check you can usually get away with like a 600 credit score if you don't have that you can get a co-signer like a regular loan um, but they usually charge about 12% interest you gotta make monthly installment payments and you gotta put a little bit down sometimes um, so then they'll give you a, a draw a first draw where they'll give you like five thousand dollars up front uh, to start the repairs you have to have a you have to be good the thing with flipping is you have to be good with estimating your repairs and always increase the amount that you think it's going to require because that's one of the number one mistakes that new flippers make when they're estimating repairs is they don't uh, they don't do it accurately they miss stuff you know they might miss uh, a driveway that needs to be patched or foundation crack that they didn't see right away or a furnace or they might even miss the whole fact that the house doesn't have uh, central air conditioning you know that can cost up to fifteen thousand dollars and another big one is septic if you miss the fact that the house needs a new septic tank because there's a cesspool or the septic tank is damaged that could kill your entire deal that could be up to twenty five thousand dollars to put a new septic system in so if you miss that that is huge so you really want to make sure that you do a thorough inspection get good at estimating repairs um, before you try your hand at flipping um, but yeah overall it's pretty simple and straightforward um, it can just get complicated when you're managing the contractors once you make the offer your offer price is good you buy the house um, now the hardest part is getting the work done in the fastest time frame possible so you have to be able to vet your contractors you have to bring multiple contractors through find the best one um, build a network of quality contractors that you use on a consistent basis. If, uh, if you don't like the, uh, the smell of a contractor, get rid of them because it's only going to cause you problems. This is the biggest headache with flipping is dealing with shoddy contractors that do bad work 
Um, I mean, we've just seen nightmare cases where people have to redo the entire work that the contractor did because everything's crooked, the materials are cheap, everything's off, so it needs to be completely ripped out and redone. And most of these contractors require a down payment up front. So you're giving them money and, uh, you know, you're not getting anything for it. You're even paying for your own demise in some cases. So it can be really frustrating when dealing with bad contractors. So this is the number one thing that you want to make sure that you get good at early on if you're going to try flipping is managing and vetting your contractors. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's really all that I wanted to talk about today. Uh, the basic overview of wholesaling and flipping. Uh, let me know about any other topics that you want me to cover in the future. And I uh, hope you got some value from this. And thanks for listening and have a great day.